It's the state of Victorian greyhound racing and the stories behind the sport. This is RSN 927's Off The Leash. Yeah, it's time for Off The Leash on this wet and cold and windy Tuesday afternoon here in Melbourne. And George Ferruja is our man when it comes to greyhound racing and he joins us now. Hello, Georgie. G'day, Maddie. How are you? I'm well, thank you, man. I'm glad I'm inside, that's for sure. I'm very glad I'm inside. What are you doing for yourself today? Yeah, mate, just running around doing a few things. But, yeah, it, it feels like it's um, it feels like footy season's coming, Matt, doesn't it? And obviously it is. Oh, don't start um, that. Yeah. I get yeah, depressed. Yeah. Winter depresses me, George, and you've declared it footy season already. Oh, it does it? I don't know why. It's nice, mate, just sitting in front of a fire watching a bit of footy. But, no, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a cold day today, but hopefully it improves for the weekend. I, um... I didn't. I'm just going to ask you what happened this time. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, look, about? I, I, yeah, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> look, the times that, and obviously um, you have had a, a play on him a few times. He didn't begin all that well. This is they Amron Boy, of course. Yep. Yeah, Amron. Look, they were monster runs, um, but he, but he still got beat. Something wasn't right with him on Saturday because he got into a nice enough position. He looked a little bit flat down the back. And then, with all due respect to Kelsey Bell, I mean, she ran 29.56, guys. It's a hot run. She has run past him before, but he just he just didn't look right. He just didn't look right in his action. I'd um, bet anything that he's pulled up a little bit sore. Um, but again, I mean, it's, it's it must be a frustrating period for the Ennis family because if you... And, and, and for connections and for the owners, because if you probably put hit the pause button after the Phoenix and asked um, a whole group of people who they think um, would, you know, would tear 2023 a new one, I'd say Amron <laughs> Boy would be right up there for everyone. Um, and while he hasn't, he certainly hasn't been terrible, um, he's, he's been beaten by, wow, she's fast, obviously, then he, he ran second in the heat of the Australian Cup. But yeah, something wasn't right, Matt, uh, to answer your question on Saturday. He just... He just didn't stride out well down the back. Um, that's when he usually starts to really power. Um, and he ran 29.90, and his PB is around 40 or 50. So you can tell he, he probably lost about half a second, um, which tells me something's not right. Yeah, I think you might be right, Georgie. Let's hope that he bounces back quickly and he's back to his best in the next couple of weeks because there's some huge races uh, on offer in the coming weeks, and he will be a major player if he is near his best. In those, uh, Fernando Mick might be a major player in a couple of them as well, George, if he continues to race on, which having spoken to David Gill yesterday, that is the plan at this stage. Don't know how much longer he's got left, but while he's going well, um, David's more than happy to keep him racing. And at the age of four, his performance in the Australian Cup was nothing short of scintillating. It was. I listened to that uh, interview with you and Dave, and he, he brought up some really um, important points. One is that Fernando Mix a son of Fernando Bale, and there is a gr- ever-growing list of sons of his going to stud. So the competition um, is huge, and Fernando Mix being an unbelievable dog, but he probably doesn't carry the the limelight of uh, you know a, a, a son of Fernando like a Tommy Shelby did. Um, he's certainly been unbelievable in his last three or four months. But so I, I think that this, the Aston Rupee decision to retire when they did, I thought was the right one because. He's, he was a little bit of a niche market in terms of his pedigree and he was just going to be inundated with females. I don't think the same applies for Fernando Mix. So why not keep him racing? When you get a greyhound who's going to run five seconds to the marker, and we, we allude to uh, Amron Boy again, who, you know, in his last couple ran about 5.20, 
they're the Grahams. They're just get-out-and-go types. And um, Look, I think Wentworth Park would absolutely suit him down to the ground. Um, it's a, a pretty tight track, but it suits Greyhounds with high speed and, and Greyhounds that can get out and go, and that's certainly him. So it's great to hear that they've got that on the cards. Um, the Sand Groper, obviously the, the slot race in WA, is, is, he's being sounded out for, which is fantastic, and the million-dollar chase in these type of races. So there's enough where you could space his races and have a real crack at it and try to break through that million-dollar mark. Um, I, I just wanted to touch on what David Gill and, and, and his partner Rose, or his wife Rose, have done in the last five or six years, guys. The other question you asked him was, how many dogs do you train? He caps it around 14 or 15. Mm. For him to have a strike rate of winning two Melbourne Cups, an Australian Cup, a Top Gun, an Easter Egg in the last five years, guys, honestly, is unheard of. But can, really Georgie, is. can you put um, that into perspective with some of the bigger Greyhound trainers and what numbers they're rolling with? Yeah, like, I mean, the team daily have won six Australian Cups, right? And obviously, um, Jason Thompson's won four or five Melbourne Cups. Uh, Probably not so much the magnitude on that level, even though they've done it over a longer period. But for David to do it over the last five years, and look, the, the big part of that is he's been he's been able to um, use his own breed. Um, apart from Fernando Mick, uh, My Redeemer, Uphill Jill, Cablens, Ferdinand Boyd, they all come from from Dave's backyard. They were all born there, um, and it, he's just hit a purple patch of a, of a of a dam line that he's is just redlining at the moment, and they've been able to re- reach the highest level. All those greyhounds that we discussed, if you notice, guys, there's a similar pattern, that unbelievable early speed. Kablenz mm. won a Melbourne Cup because he was able to get out and go. Ferdinand Boy won all his country cups because of extreme speed. Fernando Mix, the same. Uphill Jill was the same as well. So he got himself into a really good position. Dave's move to use Fernando Bale as a sire, um, you know, I mean, he, he certainly didn't go against the grain. Every man and his dog who's got a, a female that matches with Fernando have u- has used him, but has absolutely paid dividends. Um, it's, it's, he'll look back in whenever Dave decides to pull up the collar and lead, he'll look back and you will not get a, a better period for a trainer for such a limited amount of dogs. I mean, he, he's not rolling with 100 dogs here, guys. I mean, his strike rate is incredible. Um, and it's seemingly every time one retired... Another one came up and took its spot. Not only just did he win some country races, he, he went right to the top with them. So it's just an extraordinary effort. Um, the modesty on, on Dave and Rose, they're lovely people, um, and you can tell that they know how to enjoy it, um, and it's just been unbelievable. Just out of curiosity, you mentioned he's got a kennel of 14. Um, what is a super kennel these days? You know, the Dailies, the Britons, the Jason Thompsons and so on. Like, in the Gallops world, you know, the big stables are four times bigger than the big stables of 30 or 40 years ago. What's what's a super kennel? How big's a, a you know, one of the really big operations? Yeah, look, Jason Thompson predominantly doesn't have a huge team. Um, say Daly's Team Daly or Dalbridge, I'd say they'd be over 100. Um, mm. I know um, Jeff and Angela, who trained for me, have, I'm guessing, in around 80 to 100. They're, they're probably the bigger some of the bigger kennels going around. And so do all of those, you, say, can, so those 80 yeah. greyhounds, would they all have a, like what does what does their daily, so when the dailies wake up and there's 100 greyhounds, they have to mm. be exercised and worked. I know this is a complicated question for another time probably, but mm. what, what do they all have to have a gallop, the dogs that day? How does it work? Yeah, look, it depends on how they want to train. Some trainers want to free gallop a greyhound every day, Matt. So if you can imagine, you need some good staff and 
a really good system to get dogs in and out of kennels as you're doing it. I, I know with, say, with Angela and Jeff, for instance, I think they have every second day where they go up a, a three, four hundred metre straight uh, behind each other, the greyhounds, one by one. So it's not every day where you have to get them out. Obviously, they're let out four or five times a day, which is still a lot of work. But, um, you know, some, some greyhound trainers want to free gallop them every day. Not the day of the race, obviously, but... So you, you begin to understand what a huge operation, and that's why you, you cheer for these people. Like when when Lisa won the Melbourne Cup, Lisa Delbridge, um, they put in a lot of work. And they're not, they're not the only ones, but a lot of trainers put in a lot of work, especially when they've got high numbers. So um, mm. to, win a, to win a race like that, you, you, could, you could sense the relief on their face. Do you apologise to cut you off there? Nah, sorry about that. Yeah, no, I'm just, I was just going to say, like Dave come, come at it from a different angle. He's always had winners. Uh, David Gill, but um, he's just stuck with his own breed and it's just uh, absolutely gone through this amazing period of throwing dogs who are good enough to win group races. So from, to, to answer your question, the super kennels are probably over 100, um, and he's, so what's that? Probably about eight or nine times less in terms of um, mm. numbers that Dave's got. And, that, and that, I think that's what makes it all the more incredible, the, the amount of group ones he's, he's won more recently. Yeah, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal effort, as you would have heard yesterday in that interview, Georgie. Just great to hear him. So, just he's just so thrilled with his last few years. He, he's, he is pinching himself. He literally is pinching himself, and he can't believe the success that he's had. And it's great to hear the joy on his uh, in his voice. And uh, he'll be hoping that that run can continue. Uh, Georgie, what about rejuvenate last night at Shepparton? I was relieved to see him back at the races and performing like that. It was a great performance. Yeah, it was 24.75. The track record's 24.65, guys. So probably about a length and three quarters outside that track record. He's improved his record to 14 wins and two seconds from 17 starts. The only time he was unplaced was when he ran fifth behind Amron Boy in the Group 1 Silver Chief where he pulled up a little bit sore. Look, he's an unbelievable talent. He's drawn a bit awkwardly in the final, um, but he's a a very, very fast dog. Uh, I think he's got box six in the final. Um, it's a good final. Tinker Norm's a very, very um, high-quality greyhound as well. His brother Hotscotch is in the final, who, who has defeated Rejuvenate in the past. But, look, I, he timed his start pretty well yesterday. Got to second fairly early, Matt, and you would have watched the replay, guys, and then he just explodes. And the further the race goes, the further he goes. I just would like to see him have a crack at it now without some of these little niggling injuries. Um, I really want, it, want him to, to have a real run at it, and you know, hopefully we see him in races like the Harrison Dawson and, and these type of races because he's he's pound for pound probably um, along with Amron Boy. Um, the, probably they're probably the two quickest greyhounds in the country with well, she's fast right there. So um, that's that's how high um, people um, rate this dog. But he's just got to prove it at the big level. He just hasn't had an opportunity as yet because of. A couple of little uh, nagging injuries, but last night was pretty special again. Yeah, it certainly was. Wicked in the cricket. England, 8 for 215. Stuart Broad has been dismissed, so New Zealand well on tro- uh, on top there. And some breaking news here as well. Mickey Comerford's just put in a call to the Ennis camp, and uh, Brooks sent back a message. Amron Boy is probably sidelined for a good couple of weeks. He hurt his hock in the race Saturday night, which was probably evident when he couldn't make up any ground on the leader. No immediate yeah. plans at this stage. Obviously, the Perth Cup now off the card. So that's some news directly from the Ennis camp, Georgie. Well, well we, we, you, you guys know you probably match the same when he's watching the gallopers. And when you watch a greyhound closely, you can start to tell that they're not 
racing. Um, they're not gall- and stretching out like they used to, mm. and that was clearly the case. So for him to still run twenty nine eighty nine was was I think it just highlights what a great chaser he is in terms of just wanting it, wanting to win, but. Um, yeah, that's that's disappointing news. But he, he probably deserves a bit of a rest now. Obviously, he'll miss the Horsham Cup, which leaves that race wide open. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully we see him back before too long. Yeah, heats for the Horsham Cup this Friday night, Georgie. Yeah, they are. Um, nominations close pretty soon, guys, in a couple of minutes' time. That's if there is enough noms. If not, they'll extend. But that's going to be a fairly open series. Um, I'm not sure we'll see. Wow, she's fast there. But uh, we'll see some others. Uh, go around that have, have been really good in the country cups. We heard from Dave Gill, who um, was probably going to shy away from from Horsham just to give Fernando Mick a little bit of a rest. So we've got a, a, an open um, kind of race heading up there. Um, once those box draws are announced, we'll go through them on RSN heat by heat. Yeah, that we will. Georgie, can you help us back a winner today? Yeah, I can. Uh, there's a couple that I like. We'll kick off at Warnable race twelve, number one, a ground called Eyes Don't Lie. Look, its form's a little bit patchy, but it's drawn well here. Um, hasn't always drawn too well. Its best form um, has been good on this track. And I just think if it shows anywhere near its best in this type of form with this box draw, it'll be hard to beat. Race 12, number one. Quaddy numbers, uh, first leg at Warnable, 2, 1, 3 and 8. Second leg is a repeat of that, 2, 1, 3 and 8. Third leg, 8, 6 and 1. We come home with 6, 1, 4 and 3. Uh, Geelong later on, race 11, number 8, Colden Mina. Um... Again, just starting off her career, finding her way, a um, couple of unplaced efforts, but her win at Geelong coming good time. I think she'll handle the wide draw. She comes from a mother who's produced some very, very fast greyhounds, and I think today is a winning day for Colden Mina, race 11, number eight. Quality numbers, first leg, eight, two, and four. Second leg, seven, one, and three. Third leg, two, five, and eight. And we come home with two, eight, and one. Georgie, you are a good man. Good luck this afternoon. We'll talk tomorrow. We'll look forward to your tips. Speak soon, guys.